This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is Jackson Riker with WWE, a member of the Forgotten Sons, and you are listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. But if this is your first time joining the show, you will be forgotten no more. I'd like to welcome you to episode number 213. Thanks to Mr. Jackson Riker for that uh, little bumper there. My name is Nick Howell. And I don't need to search for porn. I just look at the post that JR likes on Twitter. I am Sir Ian Day. That man man has some thirst. That man has some thirst. Welcome to the show, everybody, and we hope you're doing well with all the madness that's going on in the worldwide right now. Jackson Riker? We got a bumper for Jackson. Oh, my goodness. Turns out he's not such a bad guy after all. Uh, Is he, Sir Ian Dangerous? No, I am sorry for everything I said. What a wonderful human being. Um, Semper Fi, thank you for your service, sir. Hey, man. And and I, too, have a thirst today, Nick. And uh, because of all the insanity going on around, because it's be, just because because it's Tuesday, because we're all here, because why not? I decided it's crazy time. Let I'm just going to do a hellfire on air right now. Holy Nick, that, that's smokes. It's that's that kind of, oh, my goodness. Lights are out. We're uh, lighting fire. For those of you on the audio, I'm going to give the commentary. He's dropping a flaming shot of 151 into the energy drink. In a full pint glass, and it's all going to go down at one shot. Going, going, gone. That is a hellfire, ladies and gentlemen. After about oh, six delicious. of those, you're done. <laughs> it only hurts a little bit. No, it, it doesn't. Hurts when I breathe. <laughs> it hurts a lot to, for the next four days. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are the Busted Wide Open Podcast, and we are here to talk on this show about Monday Night Raw. We're on the final week and a half to WrestleMania. Things are starting to come together. The uh, WWE has changed its production style uh, going down to, well, in the last little bit here. So we have a lot to talk about today. But, Nick, let's do some housekeeping, and then we will get into the show, and we'll talk about all of it. Yes, guys, as always, come over and join us on Facebook in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Uh, you can find search, find us by just searching for Busted Wide Open. Like our page and send us a join request. We'll get you right in for some fun memes, news stories, good old positive fan-based uh, interactions around the sport of professional wrestling. We love that group. And you'll find a link in there to our Discord community where you can uh, get access to live chats for all the shows all throughout the week. Uh, Ring of Honor, Impact, all of WWE shows, and AEW, and special dedicated channels for our pay-per-views, such as WrestleMania, Two Nights, and I guess 
T- we'll talk about the rest of that in a minute. That's a lot of stuff going on. But yeah, get in the Discord. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Come over and follow us there. We stream live on YouTube every show, every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, as well as doing our patron mailbag episode at right after the show on Saturday. So lots of good stuff, both on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Make sure you subscribe to the channel at youtube.com slash busted wide open. Jiggle that little notification bell and uh, like any videos that you may run across and enjoy. Last but certainly not least, speaking of the patron mailbag, you, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers. It is the best way to support the show. It helps us keep the ads down and all that good stuff right here on the show and live every single week. But to our patrons, you are the fuel that rocks this machine. Thank you guys so much for all of your contributions every single month. we got a lot building towards WrestleMania here in the next couple of weeks, so just stay tuned. Uh, lots of stuff is going to be happening, I hope, in the next yeah, no, week got, or so. I've so. got some, we got some irons in the fire. Yes. we got some irons in the fire. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. Well, like you said, Ian, we have a ton of wrestling to get to tonight, so we are going to kick things off with the big news. Well, it's official. NXT TakeOver Tampa is no more. There's not even going to be a TakeOver special at all from what we understand. It's going to just be airing on regular TV starting on April the 1st. Uh, I would say this is an April Fool's joke based on that date, except that no, that was the official WWE website that posted that, and they're serious about it. And apparently Triple H will be coming out on NXT this Wednesday to break down how it's all going to go down. So, yeah, they're t- that's that's the plan. Is Takeover is gone. <laughs> Takeover is gone, and it will be replaced by half of WrestleMania, which, as we said, is a two-day event now. It'll be happening Saturday and Sunday, a week from this Saturday and Sunday. And uh, so, yeah, two nights of WrestleMania. And no takeover. And takeover, those matches will just be shown on NXT TV. How they're going to do that, if they're going to be pre-taped, if there's going to be no audience, I would assume. Uh, we don't know. But that's the plan as of right now. Uh, do you think that that's going to live up to the hype of some of these matches there, Nick? Or will they be okay? Will they land the plane on this, given the fact that a lot of NXT TV tends to be pretty solid to begin with? Um, and, I mean, well, for instance, will Gargano Champa? Which is the, the man, whenever they seem to have like the big finishing moment in their feud, it always seems to get hamstrung. Uh, what do you think all this is? How is this all going to play out? So I have a skeptically optimistic, as I always do, kind of viewpoint about this. So starting with Survivor Series, we really st- started to see the folding in of NXT into the other two rosters, the, uh, you know, the other two brands. And we saw a little bit of that continue with some matches and interactions on, at Royal Rumble. Not so much an elimination chamber, but I'm wondering if WrestleMania, putting everything that's going on aside, if WrestleMania is the opportunity here to really push that direction where we have three stables, three brands that are all in competition with each other because we have so much crossover this time with Shayna coming up and, and going after Becky. We've got Charlotte and Rhea Ripley in a match. We've got other NXT matches that, are, frankly are better than some of the matches that are on the regular WrestleMania card, so why not put them? And now we've got it for two nights? So you're you're going to tell me that we don't have room to put on some of the biggest, the big four NXT matches that were on NXT TakeOver and make them part of WrestleMania? That's my hope. That's my hope. Because now that we've got a two-night platform, 
can we just do the matches we were going to do on TakeOver or uh, on WrestleMania instead? And maybe I'm, the fallout of that, the, the fat gets trimmed and we put that on TV. Well, I think here's, here's the issue is that they need NXT ratings to stay up. Sure. And right now the ratings have just been tanking because they don't have any matches. They don't have anything to put on there. So they need to have something for TV there. In addition, I don't know if wrestling, because right now, and we're going to talk about this later on, but right now they've got 13 matches officially announced for WrestleMania. Last year's WrestleMania had 16 matches total, including pre-shows. Right. That was uh, a lot. <laughs> which is a, a lot of matches. I've actually got it estimated um, if they do every match that I can think of that they've been building towards. Right. You've got, by my count, 18 matches for WrestleMania. And if you give some like, and if you don't rush through some of them, make them pee break matches like they would if this was a normal WrestleMania show, you could probably get good two four hour shows out of that. Do they have room to add NXT shows? I don't know. And because here's the other thing, I don't know if they're going to be um, how they're because obviously I think with the fact they're pre taping WrestleMania this year, they're going to be able to trim a lot of the fat out of it. They're going to be able to cut out some of the slower moments of the show, whether that's the longer entrances, they're going to be able to make sure that they can get a four-hour show in or a five-hour show per day, whatever they want to do. I think they should stick to a four-hour-a-day show to prevent burnout. That's just me. Yeah. They may do a four and a five. They may do two five-hour shows. Who knows? But the bottom line is, is that I think they already have enough potential main roster content to fill two days. Do they need to throw in more NXT content into that that might get overwhelmed by all the rest of the stuff they already have? Or should it be more special on TV where they want to drive their audience? You know what I mean? Like, So I could, I could see both sides of this argument where having it on TV or having it on WrestleMania, WrestleMania, bigger stage, arguably yes, uh, but NXT, it's going to be a bigger, it's going to mean more the matches are going to mean more if they put on NXT TV, NXT TV. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Where no matter what they choose, I will understand why they did it. But if I had my druthers, they'd keep Takeover separate, like keep the NXT matches separate, even though it is technically the quote third brand. Um, I don't think this is the year to really push that. If, if anybody wants a so. fun experiment, uh, this Sunday apparently they're going to be airing another. WrestleMania on ESPN, I guess after the success of WrestleMania 30 a couple days mm -hmm. ago. Because um, yep. apparently that went over gangbusters. We had a lot of you in the Discord chatting about it, re-watching it. It, it. I had forgotten what a really good pay-per-view that actually was. Uh, WrestleMania that was. Um, a lot of good matches in there. Plus you had the Daniel Bryan run-up. Uh, run so lots of good stuff happening there. Um, I would be curious, if you, go, if you watch WrestleMania 32, time the entrances. Because I'm, and then over the course of the whole show, because if you remove the amount of time they spend on entrances at a WrestleMania, you can probably cut off 90 minutes. Because if you think of the number of matches that they have, times anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes sometimes for entrances, music, grandiosing, and all of that kind of stuff that goes on, we're not going to have giant ramps anymore. So we're actually we're actually starting to talk about the entrances in the chat here right now, and something I just thought is. You don't. I mean, again, WWE up until now this this week they changed their format a little bit, but up until now they've been very 
straightforward. They try to keep everything as normal as possible, just taking out the audience. If they, if someone in the back really just goes, dude, the chains are off. We can do whatever the hell we want with these matches. You could have some absolutely batshit insane entrances this year because they can pre-record them and do all kinds of stuff with them. You don't have to time them to when people come in. You know, think about like Charlotte Flair, the one year where I think it was her versus Asuka, where she had the, she came off the plane. She was imitating her dad. He came on the plane, the limo ride and everything. 34. Now imagine that. Imagine that dialed to 11 where you could just, you, you could have her, you know, jump out of a plane and the camera could follow her as she's skydiving down to wherever they're having the match. And then they get there and, you know, she hops on the back of an ostrich and rides an ostrich to the ring because they can shoot as many times as they want to make sure the ostrich behaves. And she gets to the ring and, you know, a, a four big strong men lift her into the ring. They, they toss her. She does a backflip, lands in the ring perfectly. You know, like they, you could get absolutely insane because you can shoot it until you get it right. And then you can have these absolutely over-the-top entrances. And that's just off the top of my head. Imagine what you could do with like a Seth Rollins. Uh, and use like digital effects to make it extra cool. There's all kinds of stuff they could do with these entrances if they just stop and kind of go, that you know, really think about it and say the rules are off, the restrictions are off. Let's go, let's go bananas. So that it could be a lot of fun. And honestly, considering the fact that a lot of WrestleMania is going to feel a little bit weird because there's not going to be a crowd, you're going to have to do some extreme stuff to keep people's attention. For that so, long, over two nights, yes, yeah, man, yeah. So hashtag too big for one night. Heyo, hashtag phrasing, right? But yes, Nick, that is the big news. Yeah, well, thank you very uh, but, much, sir. And dangerous. We're gonna head over oh. now, and there's a lot of stuff that we need to break down uh, oh, of what there? went down <laughs> over on Monday Night Raw. Oh, Randy, 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 Randy. Once again, Randy Orton brings home the Oscar for, for greatest promo on WWE TV. He is, he is on another level right now, Nick. He has found a new gear, a new groove. And the main event of this Raw, the final thing you saw on this Raw, was just Randy Orton alone on a stage talking. Eating grits. No, well, no, no, grit. no, saying he has grit, right. saying he has grit, saying he has grit, not eating grits. Right. Sorry. Not, not eating grits. No, no. I got, I got hungry by the time we got to 11 o'clock last night. So I was, was good. grit, you, grits? you were crazy. I'm Southern. Grit. You said grits. grits? What? Was that oh, what's that, grits? Randy? Grits? Uh, I love that grits. That sounds good. Oh, yeah. Put some grits on the edge of my spoon. <laughs> um, so, but no, this, but this promo was fantastic. And it was a great example of how, another example of how, performers that know what they're doing, it doesn't matter if there's a crowd there or not. They can be captivating if they're just talking. And Randy's one of those guys. We had a few of those on this show where the promos were more exciting than some of the in-ring action that we saw just because the lack of crowd really undercuts that. Uh, and this was reminiscent to me of the John Cena and Bray Wyatt moment we had the very first SmackDown afterwards where the silence actually makes it more dramatic yep. and it brings more weight to it. So Randy Orton talking about how Edge is Edge isn't a junkie for the crowd roar. He's a junkie. Adam Coltman's a junkie for Edge, Edge. for his own ego. Uh, was great, and he, you know, apologizing for what he'd done, and uh, and saying that you know he he what he does he does out of love. 
it's it's difficult to sum it up because it was about the presentation. Mm-hmm. I could say the exact same words that Randy said. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's a promo where he's basically trying to justify his actions and saying, you know, yes, we're going to fight in a wrestling match at this show. And he's done some of those in his time, to be fair. We, we've how many, how many hundreds of promos have we seen? Yeah. And this was another, you know, when you look at it by the books promo, but the performer was so strong that it comes right through the TV and it grabs you. And it makes you go, damn, yeah, I do want to see this guy fight this other guy. And that's the point, is talking butts into seats. Totally. That's, kind of, that's, that's like one half or more, depending on who you ask, a professional wrestling. It's not about what you can do in the ring. It's about can you talk butts into seats. And frankly, with the, what they've been doing with this whole program with Randy and Edge, with what Randy did here specifically, you got my butt in the seat. Didn't have to be WrestleMania. It could have yeah. been any show. And I would, I would want to see this match. I mean, I, I was already in as soon as Randy and Edge, we knew two months ago after the Rumble. Like, I, as soon as he gave him a concerto two months ago, it was like, yep, I'm in. Sold. Yep, I don't, I don't need to see anymore. Oh, wait, what? He, he also did it to Beth? Oh, shit. All right, yep, yeah. go, d- just let him fight. <laughs> we don't need any more of this. Yeah. So I was I in think- already. Like, this yeah. promo was a damn masterclass in how to, dr- to build a match. In promos, and that was the one the one caveat I wanted to make about this was it still felt like a pro wrestling promo, and it's something that if you're getting creative with this, I would almost say maybe try to break the the rhythm of a pro wrestling promo because that's built for the environment of a pro wrestling like it, you yeah. know. And and they do it backstage too. When you when you do when you do a backstage promo, and this is essentially was just a glorified backstage promo, right? Because he was just in front. He was out in front of the Tron and saying it to the camera. Um, but I almost in this environment want to see more of, like break that down a little bit, and you know be careful of of your pauses. Like this this is just like stupid technical acting stuff. Like yeah. uh, so I I'm, so again, please take it take it for what it is, which is just nitpicking. Yeah. But I almost feel like this is an environment where you could try something new and try to deliver this in almost a more direct, realistic isn't the word, but you could, you could like Randy has a style of speaking when he gives promos. And I would almost, if, if, you know, I almost want to see what he would do if he was trying to speak this naturalistically as opposed to in wrestling promo speak, you know, sure. which is a very, here's the thing, Edge. Pause for applause prompts. Well, or right, or, like or that. whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, you don't understand the way I feel. And the way I feel is a thing that you can't comprehend because. You're not me. It's almost like Shatnerist, you know, Shatneristic, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> the I thing that I don't know what to do. I want you to understand is that I am going to WrestleMania. And if I go to WrestleMania, I'm going to beat you. You edge. know, and so it's edge. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. I, that was just, a, again, super small nitpick. Because uh, I thought this was a, uh, you know, if for the form of a wrestling promo, this right. was great. Yeah, there was only one person in the show who had a better promo, and we'll get to that. Mm. But this was killer. 
This was killer. Was it, um, was it Jackson Riker? I, I can't ever say a sideways word about Jackson Riker again, man. I can't. Um, that being said, the man the man does have amazing thighs. I'll give him that. Yes. Uh, is there any? So one of the things he said in this was he looks around the locker room and says that there's no one in the locker room who's on his level career wise. Essentially, is what he said. Is he? What do you think about that? Like that's it's a little thing I'm picking up on there, and I you know it's just a line in a promo, but. I just got me thinking, like, just for uh, as as a mental exercise. Is there anyone in the WWE locker room right now on the regular, not part timers, people like Randy, who are there week in and week out, who are on his level in terms of careers and in terms of legacy? Like, is there anybody else? I can think of one. You had me with career. You lost me at legacy. Uh, I don't think so with legacy. Not working today. Um, AJ certainly has the That's career. What I was, that was that was my one. Was that in WWE? I think, and this is why AJ and Randy made such a great WrestleMania match. Yeah. Um, whatever it was a couple years ago, was it was about you know AJ versus AJ's career versus Randy's career, and I think those are the only two guys you could really say like are on that level. AJ just happened to have most of his career and legacy outside of WWE, whereas Randy, it's all in WWE. So, but yeah, it's that's something to really like kind of contemplate damn randy is the he's kind of the in locker legend now he's the he's the old dude and back there you know if you'd have told looking, me looking that everybody. 15 years ago when he was acting right? a fool and doing all that crazy <laughs> shit with what's right. his name i can't remember the guy they almost replaced uh batista with in evolution um when they kept getting injured oh i watched the ruthless aggression i still can't remember his name i think that's kind of the point of what they talked about, but there was they used to joke around and cut up and everything. We are far removed from those days. Uh, even shortly after that, when you had um, Edge and Randy Orton tag teaming, yeah, there was, you know, now ten years later from that, and we're getting this level of Randy. I think this is, dare I say, is this what Triple H saw in Randy Orton in the early two thousands? Did he see this potential and it just took twenty years to get here? I, it's funny because I don't even think Randy Orton reached where he could have gotten. Like he didn't reach his potential. That's the most insane thing. I don't think Randy Orton truly re- ever reached his potential because of yeah, Randy Orton. I agree. And you know, for him to be as big of a figure as he is, despite in some ways not living up to that potential, that's that's insane. What potential he had, and you know, you could argue the same thing for Brock because Brock yeah. took ten, like. Just in pro wrestling, just in pro wrestling, we're just talking about pro wrestling, because Brock has the priorities that he has, because he took that time off of pro wrestling and went and did all the other stuff and dominated at that, uh, not football, but at, at, at MMA, um, you could argue that Brock missed out on a lot of his best years in pro wrestling, and yet he's still the final boss of the WWE. You know, and then those two guys were in the same, those two guys and Batista were all in the same uh, OBW class. You know what I mean? What a class. Good Lord. I think Cena was even in it for a while um, and just got up on the main roster first. But yeah, so no, it was like, Jesus, (laughs) like that's a, that's a talented, talented group of guys. Um, JB with 10 bucks in the tip jar, by the way. Thank you very much. In the world, woman. That's unnecessary, but thank you. Thank you. That's very sweet. Thank you. <laughs> My goodness. Thanks. Um, she says, thanks for giving us positivity and entertainment during these strange times. Love you guys. Thank you. We love oh, you too, JB. Love you too, JB. Oh. Um, no. No. <laughs> you. 
Magoo. Uh, uh, <laughs> one last question about this. Let's move on. Is has this? Is there any of the of the thirteen matches we know and the five other matches that we suspect? Has this been the best WrestleMania build? Is there any match that has that has had a better build than this one? I mean, Charlotte Rhea. Mm-mm, no. Nah. No. 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 Oh, I know. Prove- Goldberg reigns. Oh, stop it. Okay. All right. No, so you're not, just, no, there's look, not if you're not going to really. take this seriously, I'm going to move on. What, the, the, uh, the, the impact, <laughs> seriously, genuinely, the impactful return uh, of Edge at Royal Rumble. None of us ever right. saw that coming. Uh, uh, we had we been, totally saw it coming. Well, it was speculated, but if you had asked me a year ago that it told me Edge was going to wrestle again, I'd be like, no, he's not. He's done. Beth might do... Con- no, I don't think... I think we was speculated and rumored leading up to it, but... I, I, did, I never saw that coming over the last couple of years. Uh, then the concerto by Randy, the Monday after, and then the one to Beth, or the RKO to Beth, and all the stuff. Yeah. Absolutely Nothing, is the best one at WrestleMania. Nothing's right. even close, and I can't actually wait to get to the end of Raw here because I have a little note about where we're going to run down what we know about WrestleMania so okay. far and just compare because I swear to God, 80% of this feels thrown together. Eh, 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 70% just feels thrown together with, with, with no real meat behind it. This is the only match with some serious meat behind it. Yeah. So with some, with some heat, meat, fire, you, whatever you want to call it. Hot meat. This is the only one. Hot steaming meat. Uh, but Woo. speaking of hot steaming meat, let's talk about AJ Styles. Uh, he, I don't know why. I, let's go. <laughs> That's a transition for you. AJ Styles cut a promo on Taker again. Came out to the top of the ramp with his boys, the Good Brothers, and uh, yeah, cut a promo. It was, hmm. it was a little cringy, Nick. I'm not gonna lie. His his promo was a little cringy. Here it was a lot of uh, <laughs> your wife's making you do stuff, and look, here's Taker with a tiger. Uh, isn't that funny? Aren't they weird? He was wearing workout. He was wearing yoga pants or maternity pants last week. <laughs> uh, and that was pretty much the promo. Was him making fun of Taker. Uh, <laughs> you're old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it just, I'm trying to think of, uh, I actually didn't think of it before the show, but there's like, there's some reference to that where it's, it's like the high school bully and his two like guys behind him. They're like, <laughs> you're a stupid face. <laughs> you call him stupid face. <laughs> like maybe South park. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> stupid gay taker. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's that's what it felt like it was yeah. just like a, a a bunch of dummies calling out the kid that they really don't want to mess with right but the takeaway from this was at the end of this aj Styles says all right taker guess what i'll sweeten the pot for you i'll make it a, a boneyard match at wrestlemania it's your match even though we've never heard of a Boneyard match before, we don't know why it's Taker's Boneyard match. is ready. Boneyard. <laughs> I guess Wait, it's going to no. take place in a graveyard, but they didn't want to call it a graveyard match because that would be insensitive to the fact that people are now dying out there. I don't know. Um, yeah, not, yeah. A, not a good time to have a Buried Alive match, guys, which, which is what I think it is. Um, I don't know that we have that, clarification. So. Uh, so they, they called it something that would uh, that would appeal to the Hell's Angels in the crowd, I guess, like Taker. But right. so I guess Boneyard. I don't know what that means. Even WWE hasn't told us what that means. AJ Styles sure didn't tell us what that means. So I guess we're having a Boneyard match at WrestleMania 
for whatever that means between AJ Styles and, and The Undertaker, which means they can go and have it in a boneyard. <laughs> A boneyard. Well, it's like you were saying at the top of the show. They could get creative with this. Take it outside of the venue. If you want to make up a mock graveyard of sorts and have them like bash each other's heads over tombstones and shit, like it's disrespectful as hell. But you know, we've seen Matt have, Hardy do worse. Have Undertaker literally rise from the mist in a graveyard and lightning bolts striking the tombstones. Like, just go ham with yeah. it. Yeah, get nuts. Why not? Get nuts. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. So I I would be fine with that. Um, yeah, I guess the only thing I have to ask about this, Nick, is are you sick of AJ talking about Michelle McCool? Like, uh, can we can we move past the, the is the is the fourth wall stuff starting to get dead? Is this more of Vince McMahon driving something into the ground until we're all sick of it, or yeah. is it still effective? At you going like, are you still going like, oh, don't talk about Taker's wife, damn dude? No, is it still working for you? Or is it? I, here here's what I take it as. I understand what he's doing. Because he doesn't want to fight Mark Calloway, the old beaten down old man. He wants to fight the Undertaker, the dead man. He's trying to figure out, here's Mark Calloway portraying the Undertaker, but he, meanwhile, he's out there just swimming with tigers. Where's, okay, but where's that, the real Undertaker? Where's the dead is man? Is that actually leading towards something, Nick? And actually, I don't have this in the notes. This is just a speculation that, that was spawned by you saying that. Is, is this a way of creating a new Undertaker. By that I mean not the American badass per se, but not also the, the typical dead man that they've been having coming out the last few years. Is this, like, is he going to come out like he did the last time with the rat tail and, you know, the... God, the, I hope not. Like kind of like the, the Cholo where, like, what I want to call like a hybrid taker, right? Where he's Cholo kind of... He's basically just, right, he's, he's, but he's kind of like a Mark Calloway where he's... Not all the way to American badass, like close-cropped red hair and bandana and coming out of motorcycles. So really baggy shorts, long socks pulled up and flip-flops. And, and no, the, and dude, the not literally a cholo. Would oh. you calm down? No, right. I'm t- no, I'm talking about like no, like the long. <laughs> oh, <dale. laughs> Jesus Christ! You're lucky you live in North Carolina. I live in L.A. Come on, man. Leave it. Leave it alone with that stuff. <laughs> all right. Uh, no, like the long, the long vinyl pants and big boots and like a you know. A uh, 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 lycra tank top, and then like a bandana and, and like a tied back hair. Like, are we going to see a hybrid of the American badass taker? Because you can't really go back to that because there's no Limp Biscuit music you can play now that people are going to accept. And, I, and him coming out on a bike is going to be weird. Are you going to see like a Mark Calloway coming out? Like, have they broken the kayfabe? Is, is, is kind of what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, if if they had time for him to steer into that, but they're out of time. They're, they can't. He hasn't had a chance to say anything back, nor do I really think he should have, unless it's digging holes and taking souls. And I want to hear Undertaker. Rest in peace. I, I want to hear him be the undead warlock. I don't want to hear Mark Calloway yelling at AJ. And Hashtag my, my Leave my wife alone, AJ. Which he hasn't been doing. He just came out quietly, flipped the table, and was like, and didn't say a damn word, just kicked ass. I Which is it. kind of his thing. Yep. So do I do I think he's gonna come out in a hybrid? No. I fully expect to see him in the hat and the trench coat and the gloves and, okay. and everything. Right. Not not in the spanks and the do rag. Like I that would be a mess. I really hope we don't get that. <laughs> well, not, we'll for, see. not for WrestleMania. Like, give me some kind of Undertaker entrance. This, oh my god. It's a boneyard match. If there was ever a time to see the undead necromancer, the warlock. It's a boneyard match. Give it to me. 
True enough. True enough. I don't want to see Biker Taker in his spanks with a durag in a graveyard. Are you kidding me? Shout out to Kyle with 11 bucks in the tip jar. Thank you very oh. much, sir. Woo! Thank you so much, oh, man. He said, for all your hard work during this time and each day of anticipation Thank for you Mania. Thank so much, brother. I'm pumped for this different feel, oh, Mania. Yeah. Me too. It's going to happen. I'm, I'm looking forward to the time when Undertaker sticks a tiger on AJ. He's going to come out of the grave, and a big old tiger is going to come out of the grave after him. He's going to take out AJ. and say, see, AJ, that's how you take care of the tigers. Only you could take care of the tigers. I, what all I right, do, we, what I will say is, I hope he does throw AJ into a pool with a tiger and Michelle McCool, <laughs> just to get their payback. That's uh, that's some good content right there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a video that would go viral. No. AJ in a pool with Michelle McCool and a tiger. <laughs> Who comes out alive? <laughs> Who comes? Michelle McCool. Only, only Money McCool. Exit. Oh, man. Uh, well, uh, Shayna Baszler had an in-ring interview that uh, that didn't go the way I expected it to go. She, uh, she was being interviewed by Charlie, and Charlie was getting a little bit nervous. What's the matter, Charlie? You think I'm going to bite? <laughs> That's right, Shayna. You bit somebody once upon a time, and it was really weird, and you haven't really followed up on it since. And Yeah, good reference. Uh but, but then Shayna did cut a nice, fierce promo where she said, okay, yes, I know what you're going to ask. You're going to say, if I, all I care about is destroying stuff, why am I going to go for the title? Well, it's simple because if I take the title, I will destroy Becky Lynch. It'll destroy her. Cool. Great heel logic. Sounds fierce. The use of the word destroy was a little bit obtrusive, but eh, nitpicking. Uh, and, I, but, and I was like, I like where this is going. And all of a sudden... Out of the blackness surrounding the interview space, bang, bang! All of a sudden, Shane is laid out. Where what the heck happened? Lights come up, and Becky Lynch is standing there, dressed in all black, with a black chair, having hidden in the darkness and taken out Shayna from behind. Wax her a couple more times for good measure, and then leaves. And that was it. That was the segment. Um, all right, cool. We're back to just a couple of words and a little bit of violence. Is this? Is this okay? And this is going to be my question for all of the stuff because it's basically it's, this is all just basic WrestleMania build at this point. We've got to build these matches, and we don't have much many tools to do it with. Was this effective at building their feud for WrestleMania? Did this did this write another good paragraph or chapter in their build to WrestleMania? And and I, I'm just going to add this caveat, Nick, before you answer. Compare it to Becky's build last year to the Ronda Charlotte match. Mm-hmm. Is this better than that, or is it? Is it? Is it just? Well, it, I mean, each have their own caveats. Uh, I was okay. certainly way more hyped to see Becky and Ronda get hands on each other again after the myriad of injuries that the two of them had experienced the previous nine months or so. And pause to just insert all of the crazy shit they did building up to that, like the brawl where they ended up in the police cars and were like kicking each other's heads through the Ronda window. Ronda kicked the glass out of the window, and then you had her Ace Ventura style just sticking out the window. Going, <laughs> That's still one of my favorite banners ever. Uh, am I? So here's my thing with this one. Number one, we all knew that when Shayna showed up at the Rumble, it, this was destiny. This was bound to happen. It was going to be a thing, and we were going to get it. And I think that might have taken a little bit of wind out of it. Am I excited to see these two get hands on each other? Yep. Am I over the moon excited about it as a WrestleMania 
potential main event, or at least towards the end of the card? I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I'm just. I'm not that. Like I'm sitting there going, Charlotte. Rhea, it's okay. missing a little bit. Because here's the thing. It needs like, some even stank we were, on it, and it doesn't have we any were, stank on it. Yes, exactly. Like it needs another stank moment, yes. and like, and that was the thing with the Ronda Charlotte Becky thing was even though we were all like, why, why is Charlotte in there? She's, she's, you know, diluting the pool here. What? By the time we got to the match, we all wanted to see the crap out of it. Like they built that up to a nice fever pitch, and it, and even though it took forever, we were complaining about how long the build was. Like, oh, they don't have enough time. They're they don't have enough to throw into it. It did feel more must see than this. This doesn't feel as must see, and I don't know what they can do now with the was that because of Ronda's restrictions that they have though in your maybe eyes? I mean Ronda that's the thing Ronda for all the naysayers on Ronda she was electric she was electrifying she was a presence when she got into the ring you were sitting there, like your eyes get wide and you go okay what's she gonna do because the second she unleashes physically you're excited that's not Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler is by design not that. She is by design much more of a mm, I don't know how to I don't know how to put it. She's much more of like the scary monster that just kind of like stands there and waits for you and then once you engage, she just takes you down and breaks you. Yeah. Right? It's not exciting, it's not meant to be. It's not meant to be fun. It's meant to be scary. That's her. But the problem with that, the downside, is that she's not going to be as energizing as Rhonda is. So they've got to they've got to make this feud where Becky is actually afraid for herself, and that's not what this was. This is showing that Becky's not afraid of Shayna. Is what this shows is Becky doesn't care about Shayna. She's not afraid of her. And unless and the thing is that that's not going to be exciting if Shayna then just destroys Becky at WrestleMania and uses her style, which is just you know, stop, break, break, choke, choke. That's not going to be as entertaining or as exciting as if Becky's going into this knowing she's going to have to struggle and being scared of Shayna and the entire match is her trying to avoid getting caught in Shayna's hold and her grip. And it's, it's, a, it's a matter of us being on the edge of our seats waiting to see if Becky can survive. That's a very different take on what they're taking on this. And so I, I think that um, the, the last week, the last show, the, the go-home show of Raw, they've got to do something that puts Becky on her heels and makes us all understand that she should be afraid for her damn life yep. going into this match and make us nervous for her. Because right now, we're not nervous for her. We're just two women going to fight. That's it. I'm going to steal Line Drive's quote out of the chat because this is akin to what I was thinking, and I want to give him some credit for really dialing it in. Shayna, and I want to preface this by saying the thing that really struck me last night on Raw in that interview was just how big and imposing Shayna Baszler looked sitting next to Charlie Caruso. Which is, by the way, some really good... Uh, yeah. Uh, what, uh, where they put her chair, how they had her sit. It's Lord um, of the Rings camera tricks. Really great, really great stage, yeah. really great staging. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that was fantastic. She looked massive. And I started going, Jesus, <laughs> Becky's not that big. How the hell is she going to handle also this monster? did a great job coming across as intimidating, too. She did. So, so line drive. Shayna is a cat that plays with its food. Rhonda is the tiger that rips your throat open. 
uh, I don't know if it's cat versus tiger. They're both definitely. I know what he says vicious. though. It's a different. It's, and it's I know, but I know what you mean. Two different kinds of cats. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. I just I don't I don't get like you said. I don't get the energy off of Shayna. She's just there to hurt people. I, I would that. actually I would actually expound on that or expand on that and expound on it uh, on that metaphor and say that Shayna's more kind of like a dog. She's just going to go in there. She's going to rip your throat out. She's going to shake you from side to side and just hold on, never let go, and just terrorize you in that way, whereas Ronda is more of the tiger. Mm. Or is Ronda the, Ronda the dog and Shane is the tiger? I don't know. Let me I think about know. that. We're that's getting, a good, we're that's getting a good lost note. on this. Yeah, we could, we, could go down, <laughs> we could go on a serious rabbit hole on this. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know is, if I'm excited about Shane and Becky, and that's really what this comes down to for me. For, I, it's going to be a match. I'm Do excited. I think it's going to be a WrestleMania memory match that mm. we're all going to look at? Oh, God, you remember that that Shayna right. Baszler-Becky match at 36? I don't know if we're, any of us are ever going to say that. I hope to be pleasantly surprised, but but I'm not optimistic. I, I think it's going to be a snooze fest, honestly. Whatever producer is putting this match together thinks about how it's going to come across to the audience because that's really the important thing. What do you want to – what reaction do you want to get out of the audience? Look at the two performers that you have. And what their strengths are and what their character dynamics are. How do you book this match so that their strengths give you the reaction that you want from the audience? Because you have two very talented women here with very specific styles. And, you know, the build so far has kind of, I think, undercut what they could get out of this. So I'm I'm a little nervous. But at the same time, I think they also have the potential to have a fantastic underrated match. One yep. that people aren't 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 ready for. So uh, fingers crossed. Hope so, because I'm not there yet. Uh, big shout out to Andy Jessup for twelve dollars in the tip jar, Dude. not to be outdone by the ten by JB Thank or the eleven sir. by Kyle, but ten, eleven, twelve. We got the hype train going. Uh-huh. And Andy, who's going to be you. lucky number thirteen? <laughs> Thank you very much, brother. Thank, Thank you, you Andy, and Cheers. everybody. Thank you. Love you guys. Uh, yes. Next up. Um, was probably my favorite promo of the night. I know Same. you loved the Randy Orton one. And there, listen, there were some people that hated the way that this Seth Rollins and KO thing went down. Sure. Um, I absolutely loved it. I think this is the best promo that Seth Rollins has cut since he became the Messiah. Mm-hmm. I'd agree and, with you. And uh, the fact that he got Kevin Owens to just sit there and take it. And there was even a moment where Kevin spoke up. And he was like, no, no, let, let me finish. <laughs> You're always telling me. Uh, you want to fight? You want me to talk? But now I'm going to talk. I'm going to finish this for once. And this is—you're right, Nick. When I said Randy gave a great promo, but one person gave a better promo, this was that promo. Seth absolutely knocked this one out of the damn park. And also, I feel like he did it in a way. When I spoke to Randy, kind of having a bit of like wrestling promo feel to his promo, like it was just—it was very wrestling promo. This was also a very wrestling promo, but it also transcended it because Mm -hmm. of his delivery, because of the space that they were in. Seth really explored the space. He really explored the space, you know. He was walking around the ring. He was expounding to different parts of the room, uh, talking about how, you know, Kevin Owens wants to have this performance center match. We're going to have a match in the performance center because, you know, this is where Kevin Owens really feels like he belongs. This is where he, it's, it's what he owns. And Seth Rollins saying, you wouldn't have this if guys like me 
didn't go to the shitty old warehouse they had for training before this and suck it up and deal with the crap we had to deal with. Which, by the way, as he went through this, and there was a couple times where obviously he went into hyperbole territory and like said, if it wasn't for me, there'd be no woman's evolution. If it wasn't for me, there would be no NXT. There'd be no Adam Cole. There'd be no Undisputed Era. No, Jar- no Gargano Champa. Obviously, he's a heel, so of course he's going to go there. But he made the point that if they hadn't brought in talents like him to their training facility, you would never have gotten the performance center or they would never have believed in people uh, enough to create that developmental group that then Kevin Owens was a part of. And they would never have brought in someone like Kevin's Owen, Kevin Owens. I mean, I was sitting there going, he's kind of got a point. Which is the, that's the <laughs> best kind of heel promo, isn't it, though? Yeah. Where you kind of go, ah, oh, God, he's got a... Mm, I, I might, was De Niro mugging going... Kind of got a point. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I love the way he sold it. I love the conviction with which he delivered this. And Randy had an element of that as well. But like you said, it was still a bit of just a wrestling promo. Uh, But this was delivered like, like Seth really believes this. That's what I took away from it. Like he's, he's all in on this. And uh, that's the kind of conviction you need when you're doing a character kind of performance like this like he's doing with the Monday Night Messiah. It's, I, I think this was absolutely fantastic. Um, the only thing that I would say about it is fight Owen's fight isn't one just to stand there in the ring like Dopey and just take it. And that's, you know, like, I understand why, but I don't like that dumbing down of Kevin Owens. Okay. I'll just, just like, well, yeah, just kind of like biting, biting his cheek and being like, mm, all right, get it over with, fine. You know what I mean? Like, let me just sit here and listen to you blather on. It did seem very unlike Kevin Owens. Um, and, and honestly, that was the one complaint I had, too, is that did undercut the fire of this feud is to just let Seth, you know, talk for... You remember, for you remember when Kevin ran to the back minutes. to find AOP, looking for him in the back of the van, and that's when we got the Seth turn and the reveal? Like, Kevin was fired up. He was on a mission. He constantly was hunting these people down. And then with him and Joe, they were just... It, when Joe intro- was introduced as beside him, things kind of just got goofy, and they were being like a comedy face team, like poking fun at him and stuff, but smart. We called them... We said they were smart because they didn't run into situations Thank like God. that. Thank God. Yeah, no, they actually outsmarted uh, Seth and where's the Where's the fire Yep. In, in this moment that Kevin Owens had in the very beginning where he was chasing down AOP and all that? And where's the fire in this feud? Why is it? Why has it become like old developmental versus new developmental? And that's, I think, the one thing that's really kind of missing here is there's a little bit of fire that's missing. And the fact that Kevin Owens didn't do anything and just took it is underlining the fact there's there's not a whole lot of fire here. Seth gave an right. absolutely killer promo. Um very, you know, very direct. Like he was looking straight into hard cam and just nailing his stuff, and I, I loved that. But yeah, it just it didn't. This this segment ended flat because Kevin Owens did nothing. I totally yeah. agree. I totally agree. And I'm I'm curious what they're going to do going forward with this idea of you know the two generations of developmental talents versus each other. If that's just window dressing, or if there's more to it beyond that. It serves um, the purpose loved, of this feud for Mania. I don't know sure. if it goes much beyond that. I loved I, the one thing I did love is that, uh, and maybe this is a way of explaining why Kevin Owens didn't do anything is that Seth absolutely gutted him with his closing line, and that was, "Guess what, Kevin? Why did you challenge me at WrestleMania? Do you know what I've done at WrestleMania? I've cashed in Money in the Bank successfully. I've beaten Brock Lesnar multiple times. I win my WrestleMania matches." 
even the even the WrestleManias where I lose, I win. I lost to Randy. I mean, he didn't say this, but this is me. He lost to Randy at WrestleMania 31. He still wins the title by the end of the night. Like the Seth Rollins, he's like on my on my. You you can't beat me on my worst day, and at WrestleMania, I'm God. <laughs> so, what are you gonna do? What you gonna do, brother? And Kevin Owens just kind of sat there and went, oh, you might have a point. So if there's one thing that I take away from this as, as possibly being why they didn't have Kevin Owens do anything, it's that Seth absolutely slayed him with the closing line. And it was a great closing line. So that's one thing that just to almost play devil's advocate to my own nitpick, I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. Yeah. Was that Seth absolutely just crushed Kevin with some of the logic here. So... Well, speaking yeah. of nitpicks, I have to give a big shout out to Jonathan Sprague for his twelve fifty. <laughs> uh, we didn't quite Whoa! get to thirteen, but I see no, what you did there, sir. I Very clever. So we've got ten, eleven, twelve, twelve fifty. Who's going to come in with twelve fifty one? I think would be the next funny part of it. Thank you very much, Jonathan. New subscribers, thank you so Terrence, much, Karen. man. Thank you for Dude. joining us here at Busty Wide Open. It is. It is uh, so appreciated. We, we, I want to talk about the next one because I have some things to say here. Um, okay. We had. Do you want me to run it down real quick and then you can just you can. Yeah, because I'm a little too emotional about it. So you, oh, you do that. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, so to summarize, we had a match: Andrade and Angel Garza teaming up against Ricochet and Cedric Alexander after a little backstage interview where uh, once again we saw how Angel Garza affects poor Miss Charlie Caruso. Uh, oh my, I've got the flutters. <laughs> but we had a match. Andrade Angel Garza had a long match with Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. Um, but ultimately, guess who won clean? Andrade Angel Garza with uh, Andrade actually doing his uh, his Judas effect. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, his back elbow to Cedric Alexander and a kind of strange, possibly botched finish where the ref actually paused on the third uh, the third count. It was a little weird. We'll get into that. Uh, meanwhile, we had the Street Profits on commentary, and apparently, for some reason, Andrade and Angel Garza have been given the Street Profits at WrestleMania for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Now, obviously, in storyline, it's a how did this happen, but in real life, we know it's because AOP is injured. Uh, Rezar ripped his biceps, so they had to throw something together. And also, Rey Mysterio is in quarantine. He's not sick. He's just been quarantined. So... The potential matches for both these guys have been scuttled, so they had to throw something together. So that's why we're making this happen. And this ended up with the Street Profits running in and a scuffle, and the Street Profits ended up having a match with Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink, which we'll get into as well. But that was what went down in this long, multi-segment part of the show. Nick, go ahead. What, why are you emotional about all of this. Right now, I'm emotional because Line Drive, uh, a.k.a. Kyle, just dropped another $25 in the tip jar. Not to sit there and wait at twelve fifty one, but went Kyle. straight to 25 raising the bar. Dude, thank you very much. I you, may need to make another uh, Hellfire I, for this. I, I, you, got, you guys woo. just blow me away every single week. Just I, thank yeah. you. Um, I, I can't wait for you guys to be able to do Super Chats uh, on YouTube. As soon as we hit 1,000. Um, uh, yes, so <sighs> Ricochet and Cedric, Ricochet and Cedric, Ricochet and Cedric. Did someone in the chat just say he dropped the Kyle dong? <laughs> yes. That, that was him saying that he's dropping the Kyle he's dong. He's dropping the Kyle dong. Oh. I mean, like, bang, eggplant emojis. There you go. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, every, every time I see that alert go off, it's... Oh, uh, like, anyway. No, you're, doing, you're doing this. I'm just saying... Oh, okay. Got that's, for the, that's for the that's YouTube. That's enough of that. This is, <clears throat> a, this is a PG right. show, sir. Not really. <laughs> My entire ass it is. Yeah, right. All right, sorry. So what are you emotional about? Is it, is it Was it um, Ricochet and Cedric that you're emotional about, or what's... We, uh, we know that Rey Mysterio last week had a match with Andrade. He has now self-quarantined, so that kind of thing is going on. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it threw him for a loop. Fine. I love Garza and Andrade as teaming up here, being a, a Latino stable. Are, are we getting some they little almost, Latino heat action here? Twins when you see them next to each other. It's it's crazy. Yeah. So, but uh, I was very excited to see Ricochet and Cedric Alexander getting some TV time against the U.S. champion and Angel Garza, one of the hottest commodities on the roster right now. And But when I realized that the Street Profits came out to commentary and that this was basically just to have Ricochet and Cedric job out to Andrade and, and Garza so that the Street Profits could get in, run their mouth, and we end up with a raw tag team match with Garza and Andrade, who's already the U.S. champion. I, I, I felt so bad for Ricochet and Cedric to the point that I want to understand. We, we speculate on Cedric backing ACH as potentially being a shitty retribution kind of thing. But what has Ricochet done, man? I, I want to understand what has happened with our boy because th this is not the ricochet that was coming out hot out of the Dusty Classic with Aleister Black last year that was going up against AJ and Brock. And like, what in the world? How did this – how did we get here? I like, don't I, know. I, just, I want answers. <laughs> I, I don't I'm know. I want to ask you a lot of questions, and I want you to I give want me answers. answers. Yeah, yes. I want them answered immediately. Answered immediately. Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> All right. It's, don't get me started on Arnold. You know better than that. Um, I, yeah, I wonder. I mean, at least they're on TV. But yeah, to, and the fact that they're both working together now makes me think that there is something there. Like they're aware that they're two small flying guys that were having great pushes and then got stopped. Like, that makes me think something, but I don't know what. This is one of those things where we can speculate till we're blue in the face and we're never going to know. We'll we have know. no idea what the hell is going on here with those two guys. Um, but yeah, there they, there they were. And they were, at this point, about as competitive in their match as Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink were in their match against the Street Profits after that. Um Shane Thorne, man, like the guy who just he just can't get traction in NXT. They bring him up to the main roster with former indie stablemate uh, Brendan Vink, aka Elliot Sexton, who you know was, has worked in progress and he's um, he's worked in the Australian Indies and um, he was a, he was he was a member of the Mighty Don't Kneel at one point. So this is actually uh, makes sense to have Shane Thorne teaming up with them again. Um, but it's. And the other thing is, you know, it's it's not even like Cedric went down to a finishing move. He went down to a back elbow in their match, which I think might have been a botch. He might have screwed up. Or they're trying to make that elbow even more deadly. All I know is he sold it like a god. They, it, the slow-mo replay where they showed it connecting and he just let out a stream of spit that looked it like It looked his head, like, like he ejaculated. 
Like there was just like, bleep, like just ropes. Did you just tell me this was a PJ show? It's Did not. you just come down on me? Sorry, Good guys. Lord. Nick, where is your mind? PG-13. All right. We'll where be is, in the middle. Yes. All right. It looked, well, it looked like he had a mouthful of spit and he just spit it all out at once because it looked fantastic. It was probably the least hygienic thing I've seen on wrestling TV since it's all I began. I used to dip tobacco and I didn't generate that much spit. So where in the hell did that well, come from? Well, and if you had, it would have been black. So it's probably a good thing you oh. didn't do it because it would have been disgusting. It looked like he would open them up inside the mouth. But anyway, it, looked, it did look really devastating. So at least that protected him. But the, at the end of the day, like they didn't even go out to a finishing move. So, yeah. They're in trouble. On top of this, like there's, we're, we, now we have a feud between for the for the Raw Tag Team Championships that's got nothing to it. Like, all right, this, this is this is a like a B or C level pay per view build for the Raw Tag Team Championships at this point. Like, ah, uh, well, and, and and again, I can forgive it because they really didn't have any choice here. They were just hamstrung by all the circumstances. Right. Um. I just. Mm, I hope next week they can give us more reason for these guys to be competitive with each other, aside from having this whole long kerfuffle of a segment. The other thing I wanted to say here was I'm noticing Ricochet is not doing the superhero thing anymore. It, do you think this is them recognizing that, doing a full reset and kind of repackaging Ricochet, Ricochet to an extent? Shaved his beard, too. I don't know if that's yes. going to be a constant thing. Um, I mean, he dropped five or six years <laughs> from doing that. <laughs> yeah, it looks like he's about 14 now. Little boy Ricochet. Oh, hello. Hi, I'm I'm Rick O'Shea. I know it's a joke that everyone's made. I can't help it. I'm sorry. It's just, you know, little boy Ricochet. Oh, he's so adorable. Yeah. Uh, not so adorable, Alistair Black, who had a very quick squash match with poor Leon Ruff, who might have given one of the greatest sells of the Black Mass of all time because, as you would expect, as you'd expect, even it was before the Black Mass, he's interacting with the ref because Alistair comes out and sits down in the middle of the ring, and he's looking at the ref going, "What is, is this guy going to wrestle? Okay. Or like, what, what am I doing here? Bam! He's dead! Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I talked about Cedric getting knocked out. This guy got knocked in the next week. His whole body just like, it's like, what's a cartoon where like the head spins, and then the shoulders spin second, and the hips spin third. Like he got kicked so hard in the head, he turned into a a, a screw. Just bloop. Uh, <laughs> Esme with twenty nine ninety nine oh in the God. tip jar, and she says, "Because I didn't think I'd ever hear the word ejaculate on my wrestling podcast." <laughs> I thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I aim to please, madam. Uh, at, at, uh, at least you use the four-syllable word and not something shorter and more uncouth. Uh, yes. Because we're an educated podcast here. Indeed. Um, Indeed. All right, thank so you so Ale- much, Esme. Uh, thank you so much, sweet. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Esme. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank um, you. And and I don't know if Alistair should be th- saying thank you because he's got Lashley at WrestleMania. Is this going to be Finn Balor Demon versus Lashley part two? Where they have Lashley on the card to look intimidating and a guy like Alistair murders him? Will this be a competitive match? Yes, it's thrown together and has just no build to it whatsoever, but could this be something where they... Because they had no plans for Alistair. They had nothing from WrestleMania, but they wanted to have him on the show. So that's good. That's good. I know. I know, Dog Ziggler. I am very excited about Alistair being on the show, too. But not Bobby Lashley. He's upset but not, but, that because of Bobby Lashley being involved in this. Like, well, that's why? Possible. 
He doesn't Where? like Bobby Lashley. That's very no, true. No, that's, that's that's your dog's racist. He is Nick. I need you to retract that statement right now. Okay, I'm sorry. My dog, dog my dog is an open-minded individual who loves yeah. everybody, regardless He's an LA of race, dog. Creed, I forgot color, about that. Yes. Or, or ethnicity or anything. <laughs> that is an insult to my. I understand. Yes, Ziggy, I'd be mad at him too for saying that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, horrible. Ziggy. It, it just came horrible. out. I'm sorry. Why, why is Bobby Lashley your dog on this, this show? Why are you going after my dog? He doesn't my, dog, like, my dog isn't a guest on the show like He doesn't like Bobby Lashley because of his booking. He thinks he's a fine wrestler with a very talented oh. guy and has a lot of potential, but he hates his booking. He's, he's, he's a mark. Well, you know my I, dog. In that case, I agree with him 100%. He's a mark. And so as a result, I don't know if I, I agree with him. I don't know if this match is going to be any good. I think that this is something where either you have to have Alistair squash Bobby Lashley um, or it's got to be a match where Lashley looks really competitive and you make him a threat, and then Alistair takes him out. Kind of like the Buddy Murphy matches. You know what I mean? But there's no in-between. There's no, like, you can't have five minutes of Lashley getting some offense because that just, that buries Lashley. There's got to be something to this. And, they, and I hope that next week on the show, they do some sort of quick thrown-together angle where you build a whole lot of tension really quickly between Alistair and Lashley. Like, give us something. Give us something to care about here. So, uh, I, I, yeah, give me something to care about. Cause I don't right now. And I would, I would argue the other way around that I would absolutely love to see Alistair's completely just squash and embarrass Bobby Lashley. I, I know that does nothing for him, but I think anything, anything other than that is kind of a waste of time for Alistair. Like where in the hell did this come from? We've got no story here and at least they could spin it as we're just trying to throw everything we can at Alistair black and he just doesn't lose. Like they could spin that if they threw big ass Bobby Lashley at him, and he's still just one super one uh, uh, black mass, and he's down one two three. Like I, I could get behind that, but if there's like if it's like a an even match, like okay, is this on the pre-show? Is this just an exhibition between two wrestlers? Like why do we even care? Why is this on the card at WrestleMania? They gotta fill some time. Any they kind want, of story. They gotta fill some time. They want Alistair on the card. Yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, so. that's the only thing I can only thing I can think of. So uh, a couple more WrestleMania notes. Paul Heyman came out to say in no uncertain terms that uh, there is one certainty in these uncertain times. And that is Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Lesnar. It was a Paul Heyman promo. He basically says, yes, Drew McIntyre is a threat, but he's not that much of a threat. Brock's, Brock's going to be because he's Brock. <laughs> And then they replayed the 2015 Royal Rumble match between Seth Rollins, John Cena, and Brock, Brock Lesnar. Probably one of Brock's best matches of the last five years. So he actually tried. He actually <laughs> had a match. He went and had a it match. Was a good match. Yes, yes. He took a break for the second half of it, but at least he tried. <laughs> it was a it was a very fun match. So they had to kill some time. They chose that. They also chose the WrestleMania 34 match between Charlotte and Asuka to fill some time, which was also a great match until the finish. And then they had Charlotte say, yeah, that's great that we showed that match. Maybe Rhea should be watching those uh, and studying some tape because she needs to realize that I'm the woman, I'm the legacy, she's got a lot to learn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you said earlier you thought Rhea and Charlotte was a great feud going to WrestleMania. To me, this kind of underlined that it's treading water a little bit. Do you, do you, think that, do you genuinely think that's a good program or is, has it gotten a little stale in the last couple of weeks? Uh, it has gotten stale because I think they started too early. They did too much too soon after the Rumble. And, you know, they should have let Rhea and Belair have a little bit longer run of a program and then inserted Charlotte. Kept, 
I w- listen, I think they came out the week after and they started the Charlotte stuff with Rhea immediately after the Rumble. I would have waited on that a month. Maybe past Elimination Chamber and um, let Belair and Rhea fight it out over the course of a few weeks. And then somehow give Belair some stakes that if, if you don't want her to be in it, fine, but she can, you know, she can work through it. But then Charlotte shows up and goes, actually, you know what? I'm not really interested in Bailey or Becky at this point. Uh, I'm going to come after you since I won the Royal Rumble, Rhea Ripley. And I think I'm going to challenge you for the title at WrestleMania. I think that would have been so much better. And it would have given Belair a little bit bigger look. So, I, yeah, I... I did not want to see that match again last night. God damn it. <laughs> the match That's is what great. I took away from that. The replay. match is great. The finish the, is not. The match was fine. The immediate tap out to the first. That's not attempt. good. Nope. Not good. No. Bad. It's not that you win. It's how you win. That was, a, that was the wrong way yeah, for her Black to Drive win. says he's got PTSD triggered <laughs> from that match. Exactly. Can't blame exactly. him. Exactly. Can't blame him. So, okay. So, overall, what do you think of the WrestleMania build so far? Overall, looking at all the matches, regardless of the pandemic concessions, like the things that they had to, to you know, just be like, all right, we can't really go as crazy with this. We can't do this or this or this because of our limitations. What do you think of how they've been building for WrestleMania so far? It's it's fine. Like, it's, it's putting all the COVID stuff aside, putting the performance center aside, putting the what's going on in the world aside and making the best of it. it it's fine. You got a couple of showcase matches in there with some legends. You got some really good athletic dudes that are going to have some great matches and great exhibitions. All right, so let me let me run down let me run down yeah. the card right now and we'll, yeah. um, and let's break it down. You got uh, Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. I think they've built that just fine for yep. uh, a, a top level event. It's probably going to be that main eventing one night. Goldberg and Roman main uh, main mainlining the other night. Uh, mainlining headlining the other night. <laughs> main eventing or headlining. <sighs> Yeah, I'm, I'm going to feel like I want to get some main line going on. I'm going yeah, right. to need Coffee. a fix after that. <laughs> Cold brew, Boy. nitro, put it in me. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah, Goldberg, Goldberg Roman, I think, is a terrible build. But yeah. the, that's a match where it's not about the build. It's about the names. Yep. You know what I mean? That's, that's really what that's about. It's, it's, it's just having your top dude versus the old top dude. So Brock McIntyre, I think they've done well. Um, it's, it's right where it should be. Goldberg Roman is what it is. Edge Orton knocked out of the five park. star. Uh, John Cena versus the Fiend. I think they have done satisfactory with um, the very last thing that we saw was, of course, Cena and Fiend in the ring at the first SmackDown with no with no audience, and it was good. It was fine. I like the way they're framing it as sort of redemption for WrestleMania 30. Cool. Charlotte Rhea. I think it's cooled off. I think they're treading water. Becky Shayna. We talked about that. Seth versus Kevin Owens. We talked about that. AJ versus Taker. We talked about that. Alistair versus Lashley. We talked about that. Um, all of those are on varying degrees of meh. Yeah. Um, Street Profits versus Garza and Andrade, or as what, which who I'm now calling the Machina Sexuales. Hello, we had we had Angel Garza <laughs> and Andrade Cien Almas. Las Machina Sexuales. I will rip off my pants and show you my Gazadong. Behold, behold my Gazadong. The majesty of the Gazadong. It is incredible. You must all agree. Increíble. It is very incredible. It, we, we all gasp every time. I. It's. Oh, mm, my delicate sensibility. Uh, so that we said about that match. Like it's, it's thrown together, but they were kind of, their hands were tied. It had to be thrown together. Um, Bailey. 
versus Lacey versus Sasha versus Naomi versus Tamina. Not with Dana because she's sick. Uh, so if, uh, now it's a fatal five-way for the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. <sighs> I don't know what the hell that page crap was last SmackDown. It is what it is. It's there. It feels like a, a typical second-tier or third-tier WrestleMania match. Fine. Uh, Elias versus Corbin. Uh, real quick on that one. Scuttlebutt on Nia coming back to be that sixth person in that have not six heard. pack. Have not heard. Are you hoping for something there, Nick? Is it, are you no, no, your fingers just, crossed? There's rumors going around you, to replace praying? Dana since she's... No, absolutely. Praying, yes, praying but for, for your, the other way. Oh, okay. <laughs> praying yeah. that it just stays like that. But, I mean, this is... Listen. Oh, please, I'm gonna sweet stick by- baby Jesus, give me back my lovely Nia for the six-pack challenge at WrestleMania. I, I Not only do I have to get a dubstep version of her theme song on my phone, but I would also love to see her lovely entrance and her presence in this six-pack challenge, could we have her win the SmackDown Championship while we're at it? Oh, please, sweet baby Jesus, thank you very much. In you, we trust. Amen. Sasha Banks is winning this. I called it a few weeks ago. That This is the whole point. This is what they should have done at SummerSlam. So Okay, we'll see. Have Sasha versus Bailey. So Back uh, at where she's a heel. I, we'll see. I have, I have no idea what to think about this whole thing, and I'm, I'm just kind of... I don't know. Throw my hands. Well, oh, they've executed it terribly. Yeah. It's uh, no excuse. I don't know what, I mean, what page has to do with anything. It's just, I mean, it might, it yeah. might again, it might have been because all their plans were thrown out the window and this all happened and they just didn't know how to pivot. Uh, we have Elias versus Baron Corbin. Kill me. This is my okay. kill me. This is my kill me match. This is my just shoot me in the head before I have to watch this match. Um, <laughs> and then I'll hear some matches that I'm speculating on, like based on, on how the show's been going, matches I think will happen at WrestleMania. Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan for the Intercontinental Championship. They've built that. I feel like like in two weeks, we've got a reason for that to happen, and, and it'll be entertaining. Uh, sure. Otis versus Ziggler, that to me is in the top tier of builds for WrestleMania. If that ends up From a storyline perspective, yeah. We've been on that train for a few months now. The fact that that's going to happen without an audience is absolutely devastating to me because that was the audience-pleasing match of the show. I almost want them to, to hold on that and have Ziggler continue to date Mandy for months continue to torment Otis for months until we get the crowds back and don't give this away. Don't give this one away at WrestleMania. Uh, also the Kabuki warriors versus bliss cross SmackDown tag team match. Who knows what's going to happen with Miz and Morrison and, and Uso's new day. Who knows what they're going to do there. And then of course the arm bar and the women's battle Royale match as well. Those are all matches. I speculate are going to happen split over two nights. Um, so yeah, I, I looking down it, it's not, the worst WrestleMania build I could think of, but it's a lot of these not not great, and I wonder how much that is because of the fact they've been hampered in their build. They have they've only been hampered for a couple of weeks. Well, that's so, the most important weeks. Is it though? I mean, shouldn't a lot of this stuff already been established, and you can continue the programs and physicality and things like that? You're you're a week, you're ten days out. At the what is it, Tuesday today? You're ten days out. You should have done a lot more by now. Kyle makes a really good point. I was speculating on the battle royales. You can't really have that many people in one place these days, can you? No. <laughs> you certainly can't have That's not a forty people a good, in a ring at the same time. That being said, that being said, you book it not 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 like a gauntlet match, but like a rumble match, right? So that way you can limit them or people in the ring at a time. So they theoretically could do it. It's just you just don't have it start with everyone in the ring. Just saying. Yeah. 
Eh, they, they they can be gone. That's fine. I'm not I'm not going to lose any others. Any hey man, you gotta get you gotta there. get everyone else in the back. It doesn't have a WrestleMania match. A little bit of that WrestleMania dough somehow, right? I'm a little cons- yeah. I agree. Which was my next point. Was like there's some pretty interesting names missing from this card. Um, specifically, someone who's been very outspoken uh, in the not so nice manner in uh, Mr. Braun Strowman lately. Um, who, by the way, in his defense, said that he only gets paid when he performs, and he hasn't been on TV lately, so he's not getting. He had. Boo hoo. Uh, right? I also saw Jim Cornette called him out on the whole thing, saying, "Yeah, you also got paid to train." Whereas all these guys didn't get paid to train him back in the day, a guy like you wouldn't get, you'd have to train for no money. So you should be thanking Vince McMahon every day that you got paid to train. Yep. To, to so, get where you are. So, anyway, whatever. We'll, Braun we'll, might, ha- if this keeps up, Braun's coming off my, uh, my mic. Oh, move. Don't no. do that. Don't do that to me, Adam. North Carolina, baby. That ain't how mm. we raised, man. Yeah. L- L- Come on, man. Elevate everybody else. Elevate. Yeah. So uh, one last thing about Raw, Nick, and then we'll we'll move on and move out. Uh, what did you think about the fact that they changed up their set this week? They not only, like, remember last time we saw SmackDown, we are like, man, they've got to pivot this because, dude, AEW had the hard cam opposite the Tron. They had a couple people in the audience making noise. And this week during the matches, we had Street Profits talking over the the, um, the one match, the Angel Garza match. Angel Garza, Andrade, Ricochet, Cedric match. So that brought a little bit of life to it. Yep. Um, but you also had the hard cam looking straight at the, at the Tron. They changed the no seats. So they changed it up. Do you think that was in response to AEW? And if so, do you commend them for doing so, for having, like, for being able to suck and be like, all right, all right, well, yeah, we should have changed that? Like, yes. What, what did you think about this? Like, because I, I thought it was the right decision. I think it was absolutely 100%. the right decision. Absolutely, it, the right decision. Uh, they, it was, you know, had they gone one step further and put some, put five people on each side, spread out, just to be like random crowd people. I mean, have some fun with it, go nuts. You've got an empty thing, or cover all the seats with a black tarp. Which well, was there was no thing. seats. There were no well, seats at the time. But, but I mean, yeah, cover I the area out there, right? So darken it out like they did on AEW, where like yeah. there's just nothing there. It's just the ring is all you see. Yeah. So you mean? I mean, if, yeah. if you watched AEW Dark already tonight, you saw that it was in the daylight. It was out. It was in the outside venue where they had. Uh, I think it was Fight for the Fallen last summer. That's where they were on the last week's show too. It's just they darkened everything, so you couldn't even tell. Right. Yeah. Daily. Or, or it's one of those stadiums that closes. I can't remember what what which is Daily's place. Yeah. It's 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 yeah Daily's place. place. Thank yeah. you. So uh, yeah, there's all kinds of things that we can do here to continue to innovate in these times. As bad as they are, it's an interesting op- glass half full opportunity to do something we haven't done in the better part of 20 years in wrestling, and that's innovate, C- be creative, do new stuff, think outside the box. How do we uh, how do we adapt in this kind of environment? AEW showed some stuff on Wednesday. WWE picked it up last night with with Raw, and we're going to see these two companies continue to evolve their programming and their delivery mechanisms and yeah. style of their sets and, and frankly, video like, packages. You know, if it, you know, even if you're listening to the show and you're not a fan of AEW's product, the fact that they're innovating and trying things, and WWE's now looking at that and saying, "Ooh, that is a good idea." It's making the like if you prefer WWE over AEW. Guess what? AEW is actually helping improve WWE at this point, and that's a yep. good thing. That's another yep. reason why having that competition is a good thing. They improve each other. They look at what the innovations that the other 
guys are doing and saying, oh, man, we can do that too. That's a great idea. Yep. So, yeah, love the fact that WWE actually looked at that and said, mm, that does look better. That does feel better. And for those of us watching um, who don't want to see a crappy show where, you know, it just it feels wrong, and this was definitely a better show because of that, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that WWE was able to say, that was a good idea. Yeah. We're going to do that. So, uh, yeah, Nick, I think that was, uh, that's it for the Monday Night Raw. That was, well, that was you, all. I don't, did, did you ever say what you were thinking about the WrestleMania card at this point? I, I don't remember if we had heard that opinion for you. asked me about it, and I was kind of like, eh, Yeah, I think fine. I said it. I think I said it. it. Pretty much it is what it is. I, 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 I feel like it's not as exciting as WrestleMania cards of the past, but I truly do believe that every instance that that's the case, um, it's because of the difficulties that they've had, um, you know, with all the restrictions and everything. And sure. the, some of the stuff, some of the stuff that I think is their some of their worst builds, Elias and Corbin and the SmackDown women stuff. Very little of that has to do with uh, the pandemic, and that's more to do with just bad booking on their part. So I don't have an excuse for them for that. Yeah. And there's always those matches going into WrestleMania where we go, man, they built that terribly. So, yeah, I Every don't year. think it's, I don't, I, I think that, you know, Roman and Goldberg, that build is crap. But again, I just kind of sweep that under the rug because it's like, it's Roman Goldberg. Like, it's the Brock match. It's the Roman they match. They don't, yeah, they don't, they don't care about a build for that. It's just the yeah. names. It's just getting people who want to see Goldberg in action again. So I'll say this. I think this might be the first time I'm, I care about a Brock match at WrestleMania. In a long time. Well, it's because of his opponent, though. Not because sure. of him. Sure. But I'm wondering if it's going to be a real match or if it's going to be a, a thing to really r- strap the rocket straps to Drew. Poor Drew. He, he's actually he tweeted out that he did not envision this moment being like this. I mean, can you imagine you work all those years, do you ever go through everything that he went through, and your WrestleMania moment is going to be in front of no one? Like, if they're planning on this being a coronation for Drew, and this should have been in front of 100,000 people, and you get to raise that belt and defeat the monster, defeat the final boss, one of the very, like, literally handful, count on your hand, number of people that are allowed to do that in general, let alone at WrestleMania, Multiple times. And he's got to now do that in front of nobody but a camera crew. Mm. That's got, that just, like, if, if, <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing because, you know, I, I want to just judge everyone on their merits and, and their in-ring capabilities and, and their talent and how they are as, as human beings. And, you know, it's, it's why after everything that's happened, like we've all kind of come around on Roman Reigns and been like, all right, he was a victim of really bad booking, but good dude. He's really talented. All right, fine. Um, with Drew, like we all wanted him, we all want him to win. We all want him to have that WrestleMania moment and beat Brock Lesnar and be the guy and get the coronation. Like that's something that he's got that Roman never had from the crowd, from the masses. Yeah. Drew has that. And my God, if he didn't have it before because of the work he's put in, the effort he's put in, and the time he's put in, to now basically have that, the biggest moment of his career, hamstrung, taken away, muted, if you will. If I didn't have love for that guy before and like empathy, I would now. Like that's heartbreaking for me to think about for him. So, 
especially after the pop he got at the Rumble. Uh, yeah. That place erupted when yeah. he won the Royal Rumble. Yeah, not I to mean, mention I, when he kicked Brock Lesnar in the face out of the ring. That didn't hurt. But I again, I think I think about Edge and Orton too. Like they wanted to come back in front of a big crowd. Um, this is this is Shayna Baszler's debut. You know, like this is a big. It's going to be a big deal for her. And if she beats Becky, it's going to be an even bigger deal. Like, yeah, she's not going to get that big face pop. People are going to be probably pissed off at it. AJ Taker, like all these guys, I'm like this. That just sucks, man. Like, I really feel really feel for these guys. Yeah. Having to do it this way and, and not having like that's what they that's what wrestlers feed off of. That's what keeps them coming back way beyond when they should have retired Undertaker. Uh is that crowd, that feeling of the roar of the crowd, the interaction, right? Like that's you can't let it go. And they're being forced to let yeah. that go. I get that that is the most tragic thing I can think of. Yeah. So my heart goes out to all of them who have to do this show and not feel that from that the energy. Yeah. 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 Well, guys, that was it for raw and WrestleMania. We got one more week to go of shows and we'll see where things go from there. But now we're going to head over and do our moment of positivity. Moment of positivity. Mop. We're mopping. We be mopping. Ian, what was your moment of positivity? I guess we're just for for Monday Night Raw. Yeah, for Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. That was it. Um, it's funny. This was a very muted show for me. Um, and I'm trying to think like if there's anything else in wrestling that happened in the last year. The problem, nothing's been happening. Like, uh, you know, I've, I've, I, even the, the news segment here is, is kind of spare. Like, there's not a lot going on right now because there can't be a lot going on right now. We're all kind of trapped. And so it's, it's hard to, on this episode of Raw, because everything was just so muted, it felt so, in some ways, small. Um, usually everything, usually it jumps out at me. I go, oh, that was the thing. I really like, oh, just that really... That popped me, or that made me smile, that made me laugh. And there's just nothing jumps out at me this week, I hate to say. So I'm just going to have to think about something that I thought was really quality, that made me happy, that was quality. I'm going to have to say Seth's, Seth's promo. Now, I'll go, I'll go in if you want to think about it for a minute, but my, mine is definitely Seth's promo because yeah. this was the first time I became a believer in the Monday Night Messiah in that character, in him as a heel again, <laughs> in there was so much conviction, there was so much, like, I, so much fourth wall, so much, like, stuff that you're going, huh? It's kind of got a point there. I, I came across, right? I, I, I came over the line into, okay, I buy this now because he really believes it. Yeah. He really believes in this thing. So, yeah, I... Barring Kevin standing there and just take it, taking it, this was definitely my mop of the week, and because of that, you know uh, what, Nick, I, I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna amend mine. Okay, I'm gonna amend mine because I just thought of another one, and right. it's actually like there's. So I had one. It's gonna end up actually being in the news segment where I was like, that's a really fun moment. I'm really glad that happened. But I'm actually gonna amend mine because mine happened kind of off screen and and behind the scenes of this show. Okay, and that was I'm my mop was the fact that, you know, you all heard Jackson Riker's um, little little bumper at the top of the show. 
what you don't know is he actually sent us like a five minute message and it was just the damn sweetest thing I've heard. Like it was just, it was the coolest damn thing, uh, that I've heard in a long time. And, and we've had a, we've had a few of our bumpers where the guys are really cool about it. Um, but Jackson was above and beyond how cool his was. So my moment of positivity was hearing uh, Jackson Riker's message to us where th- I, I, I was beside myself. Like that is, that is the coolest goddamn dude. Um, so shout out to Jackson Riker for being just amazingly cool and shout out to everyone who, who has done a bumper for the show. You guys are all so cool. And thank you for being generous with us and, and going the distance for us and, and doing that. But, but you know, um, so I don't, I don't mean to like say one is greater than the others, but Jackson did take the time to, to really like put, put some, some serious meat on it and, and a little bit of extra love for us. And that, that goes a long way and it really genuinely touched me. So that is my moment of positivity for this week, Nick. Really good. And uh, I guess I have to completely rewrite my Nick booking now because uh, I did a lot of Jackson Riker writing to trigger you. <laughs> and you don't and you don't hate him anymore. So Jesus I never Christ. hated him. Don't put me on that. I just I, just, I didn't hate him. Come on. It, it it's on record, Ian, in previous episodes. No, it's not hate though. Oh, come on. <laughs> Hate's a strong word. Uh, di- malcontent, I should say. Malcolm Malcolm Tent? Malcolm Tent, yes. All right, okay. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. Oh God, no, we're oh, not done right. yet. We've oh, got geez. just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 So close, so close. We're almost out of here. Uh, ratings news. Raw still did 2 million. 2 million viewers. It was 33rd on the night in viewership. Uh, 3rd, 8th, and 10th by hour in the demo with a .63 overall. So holding steady, considering most of it was a recap show and lots of promos and some matches we've already seen before. Still 2 million. Not bad, even though everyone is trapped at home. I don't know. It's Ratings are... I don't know how to think about them right now. No. Uh, although, I do know how to think about this. ESPN showed WrestleMania 30 on Sunday and got 800,000 people to watch it. Uh, That's nuts. What What is ESPN way. doing right now besides that? I mean, this is actually kind of... I had this epiphany today, and I'm sorry to hijack the lightning round, but I wanted to, to speak about this since we've got a couple minutes. ESPN is mostly useless right now. There's no Major League Baseball. There's no NBA. There's no football. There's And it's all just like opinionated commentary shows. There's nothing to report on other than like leading up to the draft in another month. Like everything's shut down. It's kind of genius to go out and license previous WrestleManias to eat up six hours, to maybe even longer, of slate of previous WrestleManias that were really good. And if this is a test to test a relationship, working relationship between WWE and Disney, ABC, ESPN. Where could this go? I don't know. But 800,000 people on a Sunday watching a 10-year-old wrestling program? Holy, I don't know if ESPN 8, the Ocho's dodgeball tournament, got that many ratings. Like, holy smokes. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if this I is an Andrew James, Robert, impressed. Patrick Martin either, but at the same time, like, I'm pretty sure that that they looked at that and said, you know, we got to do this some more. It's a bold <laughs> move, hurt. Cotton. Let's see how it works out for it. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out pretty well. So yep. ESPN getting their money's worth, from, money's worth from licensing Vince McMahon's programming. Uh, as we mentioned, Dana Brooke has been put, pulled from the six-pack challenge due to feeling sick. So she is not well. She is currently under quarantine. Hopefully it is not serious and just... A, a slight cold or something, but they didn't want to take any chances as they shouldn't. 
and she will no longer be wrestling in the six-pack challenge. Also, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Rey Mysterio is in quarantine as a precaution. We don't know why. We don't know if he's had any symptoms. We don't know what that's about, but he is in quarantine. So fingers crossed for Rey Mysterio. Hope everything's okay. Hope everything's okay for everybody. We didn't see, we didn't see um, uh, King this week either on Raw because apparently he finally was like, yo, I'm, I'm the wrong age group to be going out on a show. Yeah, I'm, out. Breathe on. <laughs> I'm out. Staying home. Uh, JR is actually probably, I think I've heard he's not going to be on AEW this week as well. Yeah, so. Cody's going to be on commentary apparently. Correct, correct. So smart, smart. Keep those dudes home. They are priceless treasures. Even if sometimes we nitpick, but they're priceless treasures. Keep them at home. Yeah. Um, speaking of AEW, they are rescheduling some of their shows. Their upcoming uh, uh, Dynamite shows that they hadn't already canceled or rescheduled, and they're getting rescheduled. April 22nd at Philadelphia. At the Leacourist Center is now uh, being pushed back to July 29th. At the uh, Fertitta Center in Houston, April 29th show is now pushed back to November 4th. Uh, in New Orleans at the Uno Lakefront Arena, May 6th show, that's now December 2nd. And the Rio Rancho in Santa Ana, uh, sorry, the Rio Rancho show at the Santa Ana Star Center is uh, has gone from May 13th to December 30th. If you have tickets for those shows, they will offer refunds or they will still be good for the later shows. So they are still honoring your tickets if you want to go to those later dates. I think that's actually greater than that they're just pushing them back and not canceling them outright. Um, like New Japan is doing, New Japan has officially canceled Sakura Genesis and The Road to Duntaku. Um, man, I am jonesing for some New Japan content and they're, not, they're just not doing anything. They're not doing no crowd shows. They just, we're done. Um, but you know what? More power to them, and hopefully that it ends quickly for them in Japan. Because I need my content! <laughs> I need my content! Uh, Impact has also canceled Rebellion in New York City. Um, it was supposed to be Tessa Blanchard versus Michael Elgin versus Eddie Edwards in a, in a three-way challenge for the, for the heavyweight title, and Sammy Callahan versus Ken Shamrock. It's just been canceled. We don't know if it's being pushed back or where to. But, uh, yeah, that's a deal with Impact right now. Uh, this week on AEW, keep an eye out. Sammy Guevara will be facing Kenny Omega for the AAA Mega Campion title. The first time they've actually noted. Well, I guess they've said that he has a title. But he's never brought it out on the show. But now he's actually being challenged for that title on AEW, which I think is a great shift for them. Yeah. Like, if he's going to hold it, Come on, man. Have him actually defend it. So, and I think that's good for AAA, too. They're probably happy about that as well. So, saw you smiling over there. I didn't know if something was going on in the chat that I, I be about. I fat-fingered a button and played the our little bump of a bum stinger intro. Sorry, guys. Sorry, oh, did guys. you? Yeah, I, was, I hit the <laughs> wrong button. You didn't hear it, but everybody else did. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm in my own world Oopsies! here in L.A. I, you know it is. We're in L.A. We're, we're kind of solipsistic. I didn't hear yeah. anything. Uh, Rusev. Good guy Rusev has pledged $20,000 to WWE employees who are currently out of work due to the pandemic. Um, dude, come on. Meaning camera, crew, production, exactly. anybody, everybody. Yeah, catering, uh, um, whatever. They're, they're, he's got $20,000 in a fund for them. And that's for a dude who's not on TV these days. Like, I wish I had remembered that for my moment of positivity because that would greatly outweigh Seth Rollins cutting a promo. 
Um, it, it, that kind of stuff is what should hold sway in the news cycle right now is that uh, Blizzard Gaming giving all of their employees care packages and basically two weeks off with pay. Only essential employees need to even work from home. Uh, giving them toilet paper, paper towels, hand soap, hand sanitizer, all that stuff, and sending them home and saying, take a couple weeks off. We'll still World of Warcraft will still be here in a couple weeks. So uh, stuff like that that I... I, I'm just over the moon about um, my company, if I can go on for a second, that I work for, um, announced yesterday that we had our first case appear oh, uh, man. at our campus here in, in Raleigh. And it's one of those where you've got about, I think we got about six, 5,000 people in two, three buildings. And they were asymptomatic for four or five days. They were in the cafeteria. Luckily, I don't go to the office that often. But yeah, it's it's when it hits home, yeah. it's very serious. Like it's in my backyard right now, and yep. that all of a sudden it shit got real. I have a, I have a few Facebook friends, people I know, uh, bar regulars who have it. Um, one of my barbacks actually may have it right now. He's in the hospital. So yeah, it, when it hits home, it hits home, and it's it's. It's scary. So big props to everybody, anybody who's out there. Like I said, you know, in the news segment, I got a bunch of things that could have been a moment of positivity, and that's yeah. that's one of them. Is is good guy Rusev, out boy Rusev, uh, being being a, a, This is why we have a day for you, dude. Yeah, and why that day is today. Uh, the other thing I had was, remember Riddick Moss? Remember when he was having a push? That push may be over because our truth just snuck up on him while he was doing his morning jog, and. Popped out of a car trunk, rolled him up. By the way, the most devastating move in wrestling, the R-Truth roll-up. Rolled up Riddick Moss on the grass next to the side of Randy Moss. Ran, no, Riddick Moss. Riddick oh. Moss. Get it oh. right, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> rolled him up, took his title, drove off in the referee's leased car. So, yeah. Uh, new 24-7 champion, R-Truth. He's totally dropping that belt to Gronkowski at WrestleMania. Just saying. And finally, Nick, birthdays. It's hey. like it's like everybody's birthday today. There's six birthdays today. Holy smokes. Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans is turning 30 today. Happy birthday to Lacey Evans. Lana is turning 35. Happy birthday to Lana. She may or may not be at WrestleMania because of her movie schedule, but I have a feeling she will be because there's no movies in production right now. So there you go. Uh, Epico. Primo and Epico. Epico is turning 37. Uh, Jake Hager is turning 38. Wow. Christopher Daniels, who is also a gem of a human being and cut a great promo for us and is a sweetheart, he turned 50 today. 50, the big 5-0 for Chris Daniels and still getting out there and looking like a, a damn genius in the yeah. ring. Undertaker turned 55 today. Happy birthday to Taker. Uh, I hope your wife got you a tiger for your birthday. <laughs> And finally, Barry Horowitz. Barry Horowitz turns <laughs> turned 61 today. So a lot of birthdays. Happy birthday to all of you guys. Dang. That's a lot on one day. Happy birthday okay. to all of them. And uh, Nick, that is the news. I hope they had a lot of pan uh, pancakes and, and sheet cake. Uh, well, no, they wouldn't have all gotten together because nobody can. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. There's no catering anymore. <sighs> thank you very much, Surrey and Dangerous. And thank you guys for hanging out in the chat. Special shout outs. To Kyle, JB, Andy, 
Kyle again and Esme for all your Thank you tips so and the much, tip guys. jar today. Thank so you guys so Thank much. You. Thank you guys all for joining us in the chat for all of your likes and subscribes and all of those good things here on YouTube where we stream every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. It's YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open for the uninitiated. Come on over and join us. We're racing to 1,000 subscribers. We could use your support. Please come help us get there. Uh, you can also find us over on Facebook in our discussion group, which you can find by searching for Busted Wide Open. Like our page and send us a join request where Sheriff McDonald will escort you dire directly into the group uh, over to the rules section so you don't post any spoilers and any any mal content. <laughs> Speaking of which, Sheriff. 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 Uh, you can also find us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast and to our patrons, our lovely, lovely, phenomenal ones. Thank you guys so much for all of your love and support, all of your generous contributions every single month to get access to some exclusive content over at patreon.com slash BWO. If you're interested in getting a copy of the show notes, asking us uh, AMA listener questions every week, uh, you can get in and undo that for just five bucks a month. Uh, bonus episodes up at the $10 tier, sweet swag, Skype calls, all kinds of stuff over there at patreon.com slash BWO. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God, would somebody stop the damn man? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.